Romania of the Burbank Galaxy. Hmm. Okay. Gonna go. Hallway camera uh. ready. That one's for free. Keep up with them because they're gonna move fast. Okay. Stand by all house cameras. Morning. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Oh, in case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> oh. Good afternoon, good, good morning. evening, and good, good night. Morning, Truman. Morning, Spencer. How's it going? Hmm, let me check. Vital signs are good. <laughs> oh, hey, Pluto. Whoop, 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 whoop. Good, good. What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Rotten Potatoes. I am Zach, here with three of my best friends, Scott, Jake, and Tyler, and we are Rotten Potatoes. We're doing a podcast reviewing movies that you absolutely should have already seen. Today, we're going to be talking about The Truman Show. Hi, I'm Tyler. I'm Jake. I guess I'm Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Never felt more uncomfortable in my own skin. (laughs) Yeah, that's weird. I love the energy that you brought. Uh, yeah, you I know, want. They I, heard I, that down the thanks street. Thanks for interrupting me, Scott. You're all, no, I'm Tyler. <laughs> Tyler. I'm Scott. <laughs> yeah, hilarious bit. But yeah, we're talking. About- <laughs> you mean because we've done it so many times? Yeah, never gets old. <laughs> fans, they love it, especially because some of the fans don't know who we actually are. You're really playing it fast and loose with the word fans. <laughs> listeners, we got fans. Listeners, I would say. We got yeah, season two, Zach, has Jake, fans. Jake, we're getting emails from people. That's true. We could get as much as nine million dollars if we agree <laughs> to hide some money from the United Arab United Arab Emirates. That's right? true. We got an email earlier today. So And and they specifically said I think that they are fans of season two, Zach. They're yeah, and they, two, Zach. they said yeah. this is a sponsorship for the podcast. But specifically, this is a sponsorship for season two, Zach. Oof, yeah. They also told us not to say anything. <laughs> yeah, they said no one else knew about the opportunity. That's uh, true. They said no one else knew about it, but they didn't say not to tell anyone else. Yeah. So let's just tell it. Let's just forward it to all of our contacts. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> we're, do- we're doing the Truman Show. Yeah. I-, I tried to bring the energy. You, you did. did. I you did. brought it, and they, then I'm. Get, I'll, I'll be honest. Like I'm. I'm trying to keep the energy up, and I don't. I don't know how far I can take it. Uh, you're doing great. Keep it I up. Think, Scott and not Scott are trying to ruin it, but I know, I'm with I'm, you. But are we ruining the energy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I like the energy. I'm not sure. I feel like. I feel like eventually I'm gonna have to do something. To, like I think I'm gonna have to kill Jake. Oh yeah. I don't know. Uh, that Jake. <laughs> <laughs> like, season two, Zach is. I mean. A little unhinged. Yeah. Mm. I feel Zach, like it just makes sense. He learned a lot from Scotty in Vertigo. Yes. Yeah. Unhinged, <laughs> unpredictable, and may Jake may or may not wind up naked in Zach's bed tonight. Can can I be the guy may. that hires you? <laughs> yeah, you could be him. And then I get money. Sure. Yeah. Dude, we're married? <laughs> no, we're fake married. You're not the real oh, wife. I'm not the real wife. wife. Yeah. I'm the fake wife. Yeah, I kidnap my real wife and throw her out the building. Zach, we're in love. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm in love with the dead version of you. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, we're doing the Truman Show, um, which I'm excited about. I wanted to keep things a little lighter before we jump into bummer summer. 
Yeah, I was gonna ask: Is this this isn't bummer summer? This is not bummer <laughs> this summer. Is, no. This is a but little lighter. This I felt genuinely bad at a lot of points in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not saying this is a happy movie. I'm saying it's lighter than bummer summer's yeah. gonna be. Yeah, and okay. bummer summer starts with your next pick in four weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So this is like a bit of a sad spring. Yeah, <laughs> this is a sad spring. Yeah, exactly, yeah. a little sad spring. Sad spring running into bummer summer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we got feel bad fall <laughs> coming oh, your no. way and destroy your. Ch- Dreams December. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, not just, the whole winter though. Not the whole winter. Yeah. No, childhood crippling Christmas. That's what. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I'm excited. I I hadn't seen the Truman Show in a really long time. Uh, this was like a, a family favorite of ours when I was oh. growing up, and I saw this movie quite a few times when I was young. Um, but I didn't remember very much of it. I was nervous that I wasn't gonna like it. Mm. Um, but I. I really liked it. I really enjoyed watching this movie again. And I've told you guys, I don't know if I've said it on air or not, um, or off air, but I do not like Jim Carrey's comedy at all. Uh, but when he does serious, I think gulps, he, huh? what was that? <laughs> Big gulps, huh? He's talking about dumb and dumber. <laughs> oh, is that it? I would have thought that that was anchorman. Mm-mm, no, it's dumb Jim dumber. Carrey is uh, not in that movie. Yeah, that I was about to say, like that's not Jim Carrey, right? <laughs> I thought that that was Steve Carroll in, um, or Carell, I mean, in in Anchorman. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, it smells like pure gasoline. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> this is this is the if Scott this quotes is, movies uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, Scott this is quotes the, movies that aren't relevant podcasts. That's that's just our life with Scott as our friend. I mean, that's why not give the listeners a, a glimpse a into taste. into that. That's true. Off air, Scott has never said a word to me that wasn't written down for a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zach, that's super cool though that that you this was like a family a family favorite. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't remember the first time I saw this movie, but I know I saw it as, as a kid. Um, and you know, I'm pretty sure I saw it around the time it came out. Um, but yeah, you, good, good pick on this one. Uh, before we jump into everyone's thoughts on it, we'll do a little bit of just the facts. Um, this movie was written by Andrew Nichol and directed by Peter Weir, which is exciting because this is our second Peter Weir film. What was our first one? Uh, Dead Poet Society. Oh, yeah. That one was really good. So you can kind of see already like uh, Peter Weir's kind of offbeat taste a little. He's a big fan of Sad Spring. <laughs> he's a he's <laughs> a big Sad Spring fan. Yeah, I think the Dead Poet Society got more sad in the winter. <laughs> that's that accurate might be true that's you know peter weir's really good at keeping it like not bummer summer and keeping it in more of the sad spring realm as we were doing some trivia apparently andrew nichols script originally was more dark uh. and uh peter weir felt like it was a little too dark and he kind of made it his mission to kind of lighten it up a little bit well and i feel like that leads to because i know peter weir really liked jim carrey really wanted jim carrey which makes a lot of sense. Like if you're going to, and again, like a little bit of maybe the Peter Weir, uh, like, uh, formula is take a dramatic, you know, movie and inject a comedian into the, the leading role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's actually really interesting. You say that. Cause I feel similarly to Robin Williams as I do Jim Carrey. I don't care for Robin Williams comedy. But when he does serious, he's amazing. His drama's impeccable. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, both of these movies actually were released in spring. Oh, oh wow. look at that. You yeah. know, and uh, Robin Williams was considered to play Truman. 
I forgot until now. Wow. Oh, yeah. I think I really think that Jim Carrey was the perfect cast. Oh, yeah. I don't think I would have bought into this movie nearly as much. I can think of anybody else that I would have bought into it as much. You know, I, Jason Sudeikis. No. No. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I think maybe. He done it. I think Jim Carrey is better. I think Robin Williams actually could have done really well. Yeah. I think they could have done well, but I think that Jim Carrey was perfect. perfect. I yeah. think he was perfect as well, too. Yeah. So, I, I, oh, sorry. go ahead. I want to say they should uh, make like a, another one of these. Um, but have Rob movie? Reiner, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> another one of these, uh, have Rob Reiner be the main character, but it's him really, really old. <laughs> like he did his whole life through there and then he finds out why Rob Reiner. I just thought it would be ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> oh, you nailed that. <laughs> <laughs> this was, this movie was released June 5th, 1998. Uh, it did a hundred or I'm sorry. Uh, the other guys gave it a 95%. Uh, which is exceptionally high for a comedy. Mm -hmm. uh, not Paddington, but... <laughs> <laughs> not Paddington, I. Uh, IMDb gave it an 8.1. Uh, it did $264 million in the box office on a $60 million budget, uh, which is really great ROI. Uh, but $260 million in 98 is very respectable. Very, it's it's no amount. Skyfall money, but it's respectable. Uh, this did not win any, uh, Academy Awards, but it was nominated for, uh, best supporting actor. And we're going to just have to have Scott stop doing just the facts because like, who he was never includes who that was. Oh, uh, I could include that if I guess. If yes, was please. That, was that the friend? I assume so. <laughs> I doubt the friend got nominated. Well, who he else barely like, acted in who it? Would it be? Maybe Christoph. Yeah, maybe. I, I bet it's Ed Harris before the other guy. I just feel like Ed Harris was not on it enough but i don't i don't know it's like to get a good feel for how good he was you know that is weird yeah the it's supporting actor uh maybe laura lenny it was also nominated ed harris. Ed oh harris. it was ed harris okay i mean i thought he did a fantastic job i love ed harris i do too and this was a good role for him um he it was also nominated for best director for peter weir and best screenplay uh, real quick, as we're kind of talking about Ed Harris's character, um, Peter Weir almost to kind of like make things more meta. He almost played Christoph himself. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So that he's like directing the Truman show, directing the Truman show. Exactly. Yeah. And I guess like he, he had this idea where he would set up cameras in the like actual theater that people were watching the movie, the Truman show. And like during the movie, it would cut to those cameras so that the, the theater attendants would see themselves watching the movie and then cut back to the movie. Interesting. It would have been really weird. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't do that. It, it would be cool. I feel like if you were in there watching it, but if it was like on the cut that you get on your DVD, it'd be super weird and disorienting. <laughs> yeah, like, who are I mean, those people? I don't think it would be because we cut to so many people watching the show anyways. We yeah, I guess. Like, oh, is it just some person? I guess then it would kind of bring up the idea of like, did people go to theaters to watch the show, the Truman show? I mean, it's on 24 seven. Maybe they just do. They're just yeah, like, Hey, you maybe. can come and watch Truman. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Just maybe. have Truman streaming live 24 seven in a movie theater. That sounds expensive, but I guess if, if people wanted to pay to go watch, I mean, it they had Truman bar like, that people were hanging out in. Right? Yeah. But people right. are going and buying drinks there, That's, you know, I mean, concessions. Yeah. Yeah. 
interestingly, uh, so like I like I said, this was nominated for best director. Um, Steven Spielberg actually won that year for Saving Private Ryan. Mm. Ooh, deservedly. Yeah, yeah, very deservedly. I thought Truman Show was excellent. I thought Peter Weir did a great job, but it was no Saving Private Ryan. And then uh, best Wait, screenplay. We, can you go up a little bit? Best director that year. The guy who did Life is Beautiful. Benini. And then Terrence Malick for Thin Red Line. That's a, that's a strong year. Yeah, it was a very strong year. Yeah. And then uh, the best screenplay that for that year also won Best Picture is Shakespeare in Love, um, which I, have you guys seen Shakespeare in Love? No. I have. I, I really love Shakespeare in Love and has an interesting uh, crossover to our movie next week, by the way. Yeah. Uh, because it stars uh, Colin Firth and Jeffrey Rush. Oh, in two weeks? Are we, in are two, we doing... Kings oh, in two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. I'm sorry, in two weeks. All I know about Shakespeare in Love is that a lot of people feel like uh, it snubbed um, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, I mean, it did. But uh, Truman Show, I think, absolutely deserved to be made in this year with such amazing films. I, I think mm -hmm. it totally lives up. Uh, so, Scott, you had seen this movie before, right? I have. I've seen it a couple times. What do you think watching this back? Um, I think it's good. I think for me, uh, it's. I, I think it gets overhyped sometimes. Like I, I think it's a a decent film, but I don't see anything special about it really. Like I didn't think the acting was particularly great. Uh, really, like it just seemed normal to me across the wow. board. Wow. Okay. Like I wouldn't say it's bad by any means. I don't have anything negative to say against it. It was just like, like I could go my rest of my life never watching again. I'd be fine. Interesting. Okay. Jake, you were a late bloomer to this, though. I was. Uh, I had never seen it. I was kind of like on my list, and I just never got around to it. And I, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if it was going to be funny or not, because uh, Jim Carrey was in it. But I, I liked it a lot. To me, it kind of felt like, um, like watching an extended, really good episode of The Twilight Zone. Like I could see that mm. if they if they cut it down and like having a cutout to the whatever. Like I, I could see it being a that kind of thing. And I like that. A lot. I love The Twilight Zone. So that's high praise from me. Yeah, I I love I loved the memory of this movie. Uh and then watching it again, you know, I really felt like it it uncommonly held up. Like a lot of movies that, you know, from the 90s, I feel like in particular, uh there were so many big, valuable, important movies in the 90s. Um for cinema, not just for me because, you know, I grew up in the 90s. Um like I've always kind of like joked about like 1994 and 1996 were two of the best movies or years ever for movies. Um, but a lot of those are just movies that I care about and enjoy. Um, but the nineties did have a lot of really important movies for cinema, like saving private Ryan that we talked about. Um, and I feel like the Truman show really holds up over time where a lot of those movies just didn't, a lot of them fell into oblivion. It was kind of like what we were talking about on last week's episode that like now today there's so many more movies made per year. Um, but so many of them are really average. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, I, f I feel like the Truman show really held up. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. So I enjoyed it a lot. Um, well let's, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, let's start off talking a little bit about the acting. We mentioned Jim Carrey, um, but just this ridiculous premise of, uh, you know, everyone's in on it kind of a thing. Uh, I felt like Noah Emmerich, who plays Marlon, the best friend, 
I really liked him in this. Uh, I thought he did such a good job of being someone who Truman loves and we hate at the same time. Yeah. And I think he did a really good job of like being that like when like things start to unravel and he's just like, he has no idea what to do. He's like, why, why feet? Like, he's just like freaking out trying to get him to stay like all those. It just, it, I think he did a good, good job in those scenes and I hated him. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he did a lot better than Jim Carrey did. Like, Jim Carrey, to me, actually wasn't that great. Was it because he was just Jim Carrey to you? Like, what do you mean? I I think maybe it was the context. Like, I I think that plays a little bit of it. Is it just my context for Jim Carrey is all the ridiculous movies he does? Um, And so part of me just, like, seeing his face, I'm just whatevered with. But, like, I shouldn't find any of it, like, super believable. Like I could, I, I find myself thinking about his acting throughout the entire time watching it. I feel like if there was a person who would be tricked into living in a TV show and like ever be super, like everybody loves kind of charming, but kind of like whatever, kind of silly. Gullible. It would, yeah. it would be this exact character. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think Jim Carrey did it really well. And I, I think it would be exactly that. So like, it's not believable for a person to be that way. But like, if you were a person who had been, lied to your whole life and like the whole world kind of revolves around you in a way that maybe isn't obvious. I think that that is how you would be. You might turn out like that. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a really profound point actually. And like, I think maybe point like some of the point of the movie, like I think this is an entertaining film, but I think that it's also like a little bit, you know, poignant, you know, like you'd mentioned Zach, that the original script might've even been darker Mm -hmm. and that, you know, it is a little bit of like a, you know, people, some people do grow up being public consumption, like child stars kind of a thing. And they grow up weird. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I honestly, I, couldn't disagree with you more scott like i feel like jim carrey was perfect in this movie i i I was blown away by his acting and i feel like at times like his character is really quirky and weird um but uh, in some of the trivia i was reading peter weir constructed a lot of the other characters to resemble characters that you would see in commercials and so like if Mm. you if you've grown up in a commercial world where everyone is bright and smiley and cheery especially like the wife yeah like the wife like i feel like you'd be one super screwed up but like it makes sense that he has like leaned into this like kind of like persona where he's like weird and and cheery and like that like the kind of perfect type of person for jim carrey to play but i feel like uh the moments where we see that break in him was really great and really believable and how that continues to break more and more throughout the movie um i i was really sold on all all those moments when he like when his wife is like uh uh like marketing that cocoa or that tea or whatever and he's just yes like, who are you talking to like and he looks around and he, he's just starting to break um and i'll i guess i'll just kind of get to my absolute favorite moment of the movie um when he and I, I thought that it was a really compelling point in that like one of the ways that they keep Truman in Sea Haven is to uh, kill his dad by um, by drowning in the sea so that he's deathly afraid of crossing the ocean, which keeps him, you know, in, in this island town. And he overcomes that. He's sailing away. They send him a storm. He braves the storm. He holds on. 
It doesn't kill him. He makes it to the very end and he crashes into that fake looking wall, mm. which the set design I thought was so good in this movie. Oh gosh. Like you see that scene and like he crashes into it and it, it, it's disorienting. It's disorienting and it's uncomfortable. It like it looks like like uh the the painting you would see in like a dentist's office. Like it's supposed <laughs> to look cheery and like and peaceful, but it's not. It just looks so fake and and you know disingenuous. And like Jim Carrey in that scene when he for like I feel like he conveys so many different emotions within a span of a few minutes that I I had to rewind that scene multiple times. I just was so fascinated by his by his performance in that scene. He's like dumbfounded and so confused. And then reality hits him. And then we have that scene where it cuts out all the diegetic sound and he's just banging on the wall. And like, you think you don't see his face at first. You think he's mad, pissed off, which he is. But then he turns around and he's crying. And like, it broke my heart. And it's like, this is like, it wasn't, it wasn't crossing the ocean that broke him. It wasn't the storm that broke him. It was this. And then he's like finally broken. And it's like, he, he, this feeling of like i truly am trapped like washes over him and i i felt like jim carrey sold the hell out of that performance i loved it i agree i i was i was gonna get into something else but i was gonna wait and see if anybody else had something to say yeah no i i i i personally agree and and i i hear you scott i understand the like being you know like because I think in particular, as we've gone through this process, like we've learned about you, how contextual you are about things. Mm -hmm. So I, I definitely understand. I would recommend go watch a couple of Jim Carrey's dramatic roles um, because they're phenomenal. Uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind jumps out at me. I've seen that one and I actually thought he did really good in that. Yeah, I have not just disagree with this one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe because he's playing a character where he is maybe drawing on a little bit more of his zanier roles for this than he would Eternal Sunshine or Majestic or something like that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I actually completely agree. I think this is, for me, uh, like the, from like, a, like the, the difficulty of the role maybe to do, I think this is probably Jim Carrey's best performance uh, out of anything I've seen him do. Um, yeah, I thought he killed it. I thought Laura Linney, like, man, did I despise her? Uh, yeah. Like, she acted that, that the wife, the wife, yeah. Like, she acted that role so well of mm-hmm. like being an awful actress, basically. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And like her. Uh, like especially like toward the middle of the movie, like w- one one scene jumps out at me in particular when she's like uh, she's running off to like go do surgery after he's walked into the elevator and the elevator, you know, it's like behind set. Yeah. yeah. And the next day she's like running off to surgery for the elevator collapse that happened. And he's he makes some comment. I don't remember what it was, but her fear that she like flashes and then like gets under control. And then the same thing, like when he uh, is like freaking out at her over the hot cocoa, she grabs the knife and she grabs the knife. But even before then, the fear that she was displaying that this like masked fear, I thought she did so well with, uh, mm-hmm. it was really impressive. But the one that, um, that I really wanted to talk about with acting that I want to hear from you guys about is Ed Harris. Because I, I thought he was really good 
uh, and I love Ed Harris, but did you guys think that he, did you guys think that Ed Harris's character was like, and, and Ed Harris's like portrayal of it, did you feel like it was like good and believable or did you feel like it was a little bit like over the top or ridiculous? I actually, I thought it was very good and believable and like, it felt like he believed it. Like when he's like, Truman can leave at any time. Like I love Truman and like you, he really sold it. That that is what he thought. Like he was that delusional mm. that he thought like, and he was like, so, and I don't know, I think is you have to be like a crazy delusional person to do this and think it's a good thing that at the end when he came on, I thought he was going to try to save it. And I thought he was going to try to be like, I am God or whatever, like talking, like just a disembodied voice talking. I was like, Oh, this is what he's going to do. He's going to try to trick him that way. No, I thought he was, that was really good. Scott. Um, actually I'm going to bail off that unless Zach, you have something <laughs> no, that you wanted I was, to say about it. I was it, just going to kind of uh, like agree with Jake in that. Like I, I feel the same way. I feel like it, it would have been really easy. I think it's props to Ed Harris and props also just to the way his character was written. Um, it would have been really easy for him to just be c- a complete villain. Um, but, uh, Jake, you're right that like they did a really good job at presenting him as almost a little, maybe not sympathetic, but like understandable like you 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 see that he truly does believe in what he's doing yeah um and i I feel like they really sold it to where you don't just flat out hate him like you can completely disagree with him um but you you see that like he truly thinks that like what he's doing is is art and not abuse yeah um i think one thing that i was thinking about speaking of like the abuse to truman and something that didn't get explored at all in the movie and I would have loved to have seen somewhere in the movie was like what happens to him after you know he leaves and I and like I think it was a good spot to end the movie at but at the same time I was thinking the next day I was like what does he do like who does he go to how does he trust anybody everybody was implicitly in on this abuse except for a few people well except for Vivian right yeah yeah the or no what was her name the the love interest. The love the interest. Beach. I don't remember. Anyway. I, th- I think it is Vivian. Okay. I can't tell. Uh, yeah. I've, I feel like this movie brings up a lot of really interesting, like, implications slash conversations. Um, so much so that this movie actually has been studied in media ethics courses. Um, they kind of talk about a lot of the interesting implications. One specifically, the quote-unquote prostituting of the wife. The fact uh-huh. that she, like really is being paid to be a wife, but also sleep with Truman, you know, like there's a lot of really interesting slash really unethical implications in that. Um, but yeah, that is a really interesting question. Like what, what does his life look like? How screwed up is he going to be? How can he even find? And I think that that's, that makes Christoph's speech at the end really kind of, I don't want to say powerful, but really interesting. And in that he kind of says like Truman, like you can stay here. You, I can keep you safe. And like, maybe he's right. Like maybe Truman can't go out into society and function. Is he going to be able to, you know? Yeah, I know. And I, it's really interesting. Right. Because to your point earlier, Jake, that like he's grown up in a world that even though he didn't realize it, the world revolved around him. And now once he goes out into the real world, maybe it doesn't, maybe it still does because he had so many fans that maybe he will be kept in that 
uh, sense of like suspended reality yeah, that like movie stars the, have. Even the real world revolved around him. Like we talked about earlier, yeah. like he had his own bar and like all these things. And like, like so much so that people were wearing shirts that literally said, keep him safe. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The people in the, that worked there, uh-huh. that, that was their shirts that were keep him, keep him safe. The security guards that worked on the, on the lot. I think it would be interesting to see, um, and, like the the follow-up of what happens and like the kind of like counseling he would need to go through to build back trust with any type of person it, it would be really interesting i agree with you it would be really interesting um i i think that they did it in the movie at a perfect point just from like a like a movie perspective but it'd be really interesting to sit down with Andrew Nichols slash Peter Weir and pick their brains about this movie because uh, some of the research that we did, Peter Weir really thought through this movie so much so that he gave Ed Harris a 10 page biography of Kristoff that wow. included him winning awards for past films that he had made. And in uh, a history of the show itself, Truman Show too, apparently like in this universe, the Truman Show repeatedly would win Emmys and whatnot. And he actually encouraged a lot of the characters to kind of develop their own backstories as well um so it, it would be really interesting to kind of like talk with them and and kind of get some of that like background information that peter weird developed another thing that i wanted to point out about <clears throat> acting um was and these are like i feel like the unsung heroes in this movie are all the extras Definitely. Yeah. Because not only like, like typically extras, like when you, if you're an extra in a movie, you're going to be like in a bar and it's like, okay, just have non-conversation with people around you, you know? And like, that's the only direction you're really getting from the director. And that's the only interaction you're getting with the director. And it may not even be from the director. It's like the assistant director who's coming and like, this is what you're going to do. But these extras, a lot of whom we uh, learned, you know, reading through some trivia beforehand were uh, residents of the community that this was shot in. So they're not like, they're not even like Hollywood people that it's like, Oh, I've been an extra 15 times, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, but all the sequences, uh, or all the scenes, I'm sorry, where everyone had to stop perfectly or like, it was like, he's getting up and, and they lost him or something. And it's like, all right, everyone go back to the beginning of the day, go back to one. And everyone just sort of gets to their spot and freezes it was so well done. It was so well done and it was really unsettling. Oh yeah. It was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, I completely agree with you. Um, I remember thinking that as well. Uh, I, I thought that those scenes were really, really well directed and really well acted from all of the extras. I think one of my favorite parts of the movie is actually them like going through the montage of all the ways people have tried to tell him the truth. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was cool. I wish they honestly would have spent more time there. Yeah. Like, I wish I would have seen some more ways and, and things because honestly, over the course of however many years, there would have been numerous attempts at that. Definitely. And there are all the ethical implications of it. That like, was that was an aspect of this movie I kind of felt like I had to suspend my disbelief about a little bit because I feel like in the real world, maybe... There's no way it would have went that long. Definitely. Like, this would have yeah. sparked outrage. Yeah. 
And that part, that aspect of the movie did feel a little underdeveloped. Well, that, especially with uh, the fact that he's the first human to ever be adopted by a corporation. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. Like, Ta- is that possible? <laughs> right. Well, and, you know, we have that, I feel like, embodied throughout the movie with the love interest, um, Lauren. I ended up figuring out. That's oh, her name, okay. Lauren. <clears throat> um, we have that, like, she's sort of like the personification of all of the outrage in the world, because you remember she like calls in to um, talk to Ed Harris on the show yeah, and she's walking around in her apartment and behind her, it's these like save Truman posters that like, clearly there is like a, a large contingent of people that are protesting the show that are calling for his, you know, being set free that are, you know, depicting him as a slave but you're right, Scott, like it just wasn't developed enough. Mm-hmm. But I think even like we're talking about like the trust and uh, Lauren, like even though she did end up like breaking character and telling him the truth, like she still played a character for a long time. Like I, I still wouldn't trust her afterward. Like there would be no one I would trust. Afterwards. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It was like, you know, like the only reason she had that opportunity was because she was on it. And it mm-hmm. was, she was on it for a while. Mm-hmm. It was really interesting. Like I, I remember thinking like I really... I, I, one of the things I liked about this movie so much was just how much it made me think afterwards. But I remember thinking like the way that Kristoff directs this show was really interesting to me in that like he didn't let Truman make a lot of his own decisions. Like I, I wasn't sure why if Truman falls in love with Lauren, why he wouldn't let Truman fall in love with Lauren. Because Lauren wasn't on contract. They couldn't control Lauren. Lauren, if she fell in love back, would have told him the truth. Which is mm. what ended up what happening. Mm. I mean, I also assume that they had like somebody in mind. Like, you know, you're casting a show. You're not just going to let anybody be the one of the character. main characters. And yeah. So, yeah. Like, they had um, Laura Linney in, sure. in mind and then they had to make that happen. True. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, that is interesting. But like, I, I almost feel like it'd be, I don't know. I'm putting myself in, in the universe of like, natural. if I was watching, yeah, the Truman show to see Truman make some of his own decisions. Totally. And well, to and see how it would how his well, life would play out it's as even a, down oh sorry i was gonna say as a viewer of the show you would also know oh this is being decided for them like yeah when we watch shows and we see things happen we know producers are making calls on things yeah and so it would be like oh this isn't even real like this is them their yeah. version of truman's life there's an aspect of the movie i kind of want to talk about one it, and it, it it revolves around the two security guards that watch the show you know they're like in the, in their little security booth <laughs> yeah. watching it and one there's i thought it was like the funniest part of the movie is when uh the wife in truman she like invites him to bed and then it just like, cuts to them yeah <laughs> and they're like so disappointed that <laughs> they never show anything you know like they're just so disappointed in that and the um, very end was funny too. And it's like, well, you want to see what else is on? Yeah, it was, it was funny, but it was also like very like poignant. I feel like, like I thought a it little was, macabre. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I thought it was really interesting and it reminded me like of how we kind of watch. So like more so literally it reminded me of like this last season of the bachelor a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and how like for some context for people who don't watch the bachelor, we watched this woman spread a terrible rumor about another person, something that like the producers had complete control to like not air. And yet we still watched it happen. And a lot of us just kind of like didn't even think about it after the episode ended and how like 
we 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 will watch these people and like we'll watch these things happen to people that can dramatically change their lives and to us it's just entertainment our, our hour of entertainment after we get home from work we don't even give it a second thought like i thought it was so interesting that these two security guards watched this guy get liberated and free himself from this abuse and they're just like all right what else is on you know and like he kind of missed it too he's getting beats he's like did he get out yeah right <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah. uh, And yeah, I agree with you. I think it's super poignant about entertainment, but especially about reality TV. Cause like Scott, you mentioned like, you know, producers, you know, making something happen, manufacturing something Mm -hmm. that's like, Oh, it's not even real, but that is so much of our reality TV. It's a little poignant on today's reality television. Mm -hmm. Cause I, I don't think by 98, I don't think reality television had really broken into like mainstream yet. I think it was in the early two thousands that reality TV became so much more prolific. Um, I bet you the Truman show actually, uh, it might've ironically catapulted. Yeah. That's where people are like, good idea. Oh, that, that would be interesting. <laughs> people would watch that. Can we do that? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. But we can, uh, put a bunch of people who we know can't sing on national television to make fun of them. You know what I mean? How uh, good was Paul yeah, Giamatti yeah. by the way? <laughs> oh yeah. That was a really weird cameo. <laughs> I mean, he kind of had like it was a role. It wasn't even yeah, a role. It was more, but it felt like it. Like it was just so. Small it was so weird that yeah, he was cast to do that. <laughs> yeah, but he's just the guy that screws up the show. He's right, just yeah. the guy that like didn't pay attention to where he was. Yeah, yeah. but uh, no, I I mean I I do think that it is like it's a it's a super interesting like uh you know commentary on reality television because it is also produced. And even like you were talking about love interests, remember like Kristoff when he's like in his little program to the audience, he's saying that they're going to introduce a new love interest and they're Mm -hmm. going to, you know, eliminate the wife. And it's like, you know, he's even telling the audience, this is how we're scripting Truman's life. I took that more as like, she quit. Like the wife was like, I need to leave. Mm -hmm. I'm out. Maybe, but still, like that yeah. they're inter- they're introducing the new love interest. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and like, then they they had that shot too, where he's like, "Oh, this new girl's at the office." Yeah, and that was you know. Well, it's no one's allowed to interact with him outside of how they say they can. Right. Yeah, that's like what she says. Doesn't she, uh, Laura, Lauren? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. She's like, I'm not supposed to talk to you. Right. Right. And and just the heartbreaking. Uh, the heartbreak, maybe the, like the, the biggest heartbreaking moment of the movie, the reintroduction of the father and how that's staged. And they're like celebrating that they got the shot and they got the moment and they perfectly manipulated Truman to have the reaction that, that they wanted him to have that, you know, would garner the most views and ratings and reviews. And it, it was really troubling yeah and they were like it was down to like hey let's get less fog like ease off yeah like they have like they're that much control over his world producing this this moment yeah down to the down to the the tiniest detail it'll be interesting um too as we were just thinking about like uh like trust issues and all that stuff is i feel like almost like inception would happen at this point like he would never believe that he was actually out of this place. Like he would always be questioning, like, is this just another one of these things? Yeah. Like what if my escape was a plot point? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Questioning his reality to 
probably till the bitter end. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite aspects of this movie too was like just seeing like uh, the I guess the crew make mistakes in the way that, that <laughs> affects. Because I I feel like when I was a kid, I just used to think like adults just know how to do their job and they just you know they don't make mistakes like that. And then as adults, you realize like people make mistakes all the time. Yeah. And like when you see the rain, but it's just on, on him, him and he yeah. walks over and it's not raining anymore. And then like three <laughs> seconds later, it all starts to rain all over him or like the, the light that falls out of the nowhere. light that falls. Yeah. And then the way that they have to cover that up, yeah. you know, yeah, like they said it was like a satellite or something, right? You know, like a plane lost. Yeah. Yeah. Or something. Exactly. And I think like one of the funny things in that rain scene, but also kind of like telling is that. He's just like thrilled. He's like, this is so funny. The rain's yeah. following me. <laughs> yeah. He's not He's not thinking this is impossible because but like this is just his life. I, yeah, exactly. I was just going to say, it's like, like you could almost kind of make the case like, how is he not catching on to this kind of stuff? But then if everyone around you is just like, what do you mean? This is normal. This is what happens well, in life. Also, like, all of his schooling has taken place in here. Who knows what they actually taught him? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Like then, he might have a warped view of just what physics are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, maybe they teach him that rain can do that. Yeah. <laughs> and and something I don't really remember seeing, so you guys will have to like tell me if, if, if it does or not. I don't remember him, like there being much discussion about like in this world, watching movies or television. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I don't I remember. Don't know. So he may not have any concept for yeah. that at all he has some like i think he has some concept of the outside world at least because like he knows about fiji or whatever but like yeah i guess it, it's got to be incredibly limited because like everything is designed for him to be like even like this t- sea haven it's a nice place to live like yeah. just everything is like they did have a tv and he was watching a show at one point but it was but like it was, sea haven news yeah so i think it was all like extra produced material right what he wasn't actually getting to see anything from the outside world oh yeah well and and not just that but even more so my point is it's like a light falls from from you know the sky uh you know we know because we get to see things behind the scenes that we know what goes into making movies and television but he may not have had any exposure to that yeah, whatsoever no yeah. clue what that light was yeah um and and just such a weird a weird warped sense of, of reality and what is possible, what's mm-hmm. even possible to be real. Um, such a limited perspective. And like thinking about like how they impacted his life. Like remember he's a kid, they flash back. He's like, I want to be an explorer. And then she's like, it's already been all explored and like <laughs> yeah. just crush his dream. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He's going to have mental problems, <laughs> Yeah, but I do love, it's interesting. I, I love how they ended it where it seems like, they, they want to leave you with this feeling of he's going to be fine because he, he, you know, is about to go through the door and, and Kristoff uh, is trying to stop him. And in his only response, he turns around, looks up at the sky and says, in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening and good night. And then bows and walks out the door almost like, you know, really we see him taking control back over his life mm-hmm. and uh, and doing it in such a charming on the nose kind of way, like a knowing on the nose way. Like it, they, they really tried to leave us with like, he's going to be fine, but we know if this happened in the real world, he certainly would not be. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, I felt that way when I finished it, I was like, Oh, he's, he's got this. And yeah. then I spent the rest of the day in like a part of the next day being like, he, he can't, he can't be <laughs> fine. Like, how does he do that? Also, what was his job? 
insurance insurance like an okay. insurance adjuster like a, or salesman oh, okay. and then i think they even used that as a way to keep him in where they're like you never know what's going to happen to you just stay where it's safe you know right yeah yeah i mean i was wondering like what job would he do on the outside like was he an actual insurance adjuster like was no i don't think so like did he like actually do any real work does he have any actual tangible skills yeah who's who's to say like uh, he went to college but he went to college there there yeah, yeah. In fake college <laughs> fallage as mm-hmm. it's uh <laughs> when they're like hey stop studying dork we're gonna go get pizza yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah and he's like right. no i just i really want to pass and they're like you're gonna be fine <laughs> you'll pass just you'll pass <laughs> it sounds like conversations we've had yeah <laughs> so one thing that i didn't quite understand that i want to know what you guys think so Marlon, when they're in that, actually, this is probably the most heartbreaking moment Who's before Marlon? he meets the dad, the best friend, okay. when, uh, the best friend is like trying to talk him down a little bit. And then we see Christoph literally feeding him lines. lines. Yeah. yeah. And he's saying like, I would never lie to I you. I would never lie to you. Uh, like that was heartbreaking. But in that moment, uh, he's talking about like, you remember when we were little kids and I got sick and, you know, playing in the. Did Marlon, has he been on the show the entire time or did they switch out actors for the best friend as he got older? That's a good question. I, I would assume it could be either way. I would assume that he had been there the whole time because like in the interviews in the beginning, he's like, it's a lifestyle, you know, like Truman show is my life. Oh yeah, that's true. Which kind of made me think like, cause I, I was wondering, I was like, when they go to work, what are they doing? Like, is he just like going and living his regular life? But apparently he was going to work cause like he right. found him at work. Right, right, right. Yeah, and he lives there. He lives in Sea Haven. It seems like like he doesn't leave. Like a lot of the crew, it looks like maybe can come and go, but all of but the, the actors, the core actors, yeah. it looks like they they live in this in this fake reality as much as Truman does. Which like I was thinking about that. I was like no amount of money is worth that. Yes, totally. Like if you're you in on it, it even. Yeah. yeah. If you're in on it, no amount of money is worth giving up an entire normal life by choice to, to live in this constructed reality. Yeah. I mean, I think it maybe it depends on like who also is there and also in on it. Like you could definitely build real relationships with other cast members and that kind of stuff and have some, some semblance of a normal life, but it definitely wouldn't be the same as the outside. Well, and it does seem like he maybe has a little bit of a relationship, uh, Marlon in particular with like Truman's mom. Like it seems like they're like they had some interactions where Truman's not there that like, maybe they really are friends or something like Mm -hmm. that. Um, but man, just a top to bottom bizarre concept. I love that this movie was made. Like, I love that, I, I think it I think it was super well executed, but man, such a unique original concept. Yeah, it, it's almost kind of surprising that it did get made. Um, I know Paramount, uh, they were a little worried about making it. They called it the most expensive art house movie ever made. <laughs> um, so it's kind of a wonder that we got it. And you know what? I think like of the movies that we've done, and this isn't a knock at any of the movies that might have been better that we've done. It's the one that I've thought about the most since I watched it. Yeah. I keep thinking about it. Well, and one other thing before we wrap up here that that really stood out to me that I wanted to make sure to call out, and Zach, you sort of touched on it a little bit already, was how on earth did this not win the Oscar for um, like art direction, for like set design? Because man, 
they took a real town and made it look just wrong enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh Where it's like, it looks like, like watching the movie, it looks looks like like Disneyland. You know what I mean? Like it looks, it looks like a real place that is just wrong enough that if you weren't born in it, you would know that it's, that it's fake, that it's wrong. Um, It did. I think Jake hit the nail on the head when he said it it has that twilight zone vibe. yeah. Yeah. Like it just feels eerie. Yeah. Yeah. So killer, killer job to the art department for building this place because the movies, they do such a good job of making fake places look real, but to make something fake or to make something real look just fake enough, I feel like is, is difficult because this was shot in a real location, Uh you know? Um, but to make it look just wrong enough, I think without being, you know, over the top, I think it was really impressive. Yeah. The thing that I don't understand is uh, not about the movie. I thought the movie was great, but like the Truman Show from a technical perspective, he's only had five thousand cameras in that town. All right, like that doesn't seem like near enough. And like they just <laughs> to got get to all have, the shots. Yeah, yeah and they just yeah. have to have the worst shots of all time. Oh yeah, like most of camera, the time. Yeah, like in his rings, like shaky hands. <laughs> is that really what you want? I mean, maybe here and there they get a good shot from it, and they can use that. But uh-huh. then all the shaky footage they don't use. Well, and I think keeping track of all the different shots and no, like the director would have a real rough time. Oh, it, yeah, it would be near impossible, near impossible to be able to like know. Okay, he's going to. It looks like he's going to turn this way to know what the the best camera is out of the 20 options in that little local area. What's the best camera that's going to get? Well, I would say this is that up until the very end, he was very routine. That's true. And so after a couple years of doing it, and he just does the same thing all the time. Like you would know exactly where he was going to go. Yeah. And you could get all the shots. So maybe the first year wasn't great. And then the last few months weren't great, but everything in between probably was fine. (laughs) So let me ask you guys, would you watch the Truman show? Not the movie, but the, in, in this universe, if this was real, would you watch the Truman show? I mean, I, I, I feel like we're obligated to say no. I would for <laughs> sure watch it. Morally obligated. Yeah, as a- like you are, you're a bad person. If you're watching the Truman <laughs> I, show, I would without a doubt, check it out. Like just out of curiosity, yeah, I but I, I don't think, I don't know how I could, uh, like sign on to like watch it continuously. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't be. I would be. It would be like a Super Bowls for me. Like when you know a big event's coming. <laughs> a big up, event. Like oh, Truman's oh, getting, getting married. Yeah, Make sure yeah. everyone's tuning in for this event. Yeah, yeah. I think that's I. That's the kind of stuff. That'd be really in interesting. I think that's exactly what I would do. I think I would watch when I knew there was something coming up, but I wouldn't be like the the old ladies that are like, <laughs> or the guy in his bathtub or the guy in his bathtub. <laughs> it's just an impossible show to keep up with it. I mean, I, I get that he sleeps, but like, so like, what does the rest of the world? Maybe when you he's just, you'll, you'll read like the week's recap. Yeah. And then when you know the big events are coming up, then you'll tune in. Yeah. I bet you there was multiple other shows that just debriefed the Truman show. Yeah. Well, that's I bet they, if this was like in the, in this time we'd have like podcasts about it you know well they even had like when they were he was doing that interview they just had a side shot of truman of truman yeah into the cocoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah totally uh yeah i and and christoph said even that like there were people that like had the tv on to the truman show through the night like they would fall asleep to yeah, they're like comforted by it yeah yeah bizarre <laughs> uh scott um i was gonna ask you this earlier um, we'll, we'll, uh, for this episode in particular, we'll bring back an old, 
uh, segment recasts. Uh, you had mentioned Jim Carrey, you know, not being believable for you. Can you think of a recast for, for Truman? Just like Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Tom Holland. Yeah. If you had Tom like Tom Holland, Holland and then um, Robert Downey Jr. Was the director. <laughs> let me think about it for a second. Do any of you other guys have any recast that you would want to do? No, no, definitely not Truman. Uh, I don't think I have anything for anybody else either. Yeah, I mean, I I personally felt like every single one of these actors nailed their roles. Um, I I don't think that I would recast this. Maybe Paul Giamatti. Maybe I'd recast him <laughs> just to have a bigger role. No, no, no. I would I would recast Paul Giamatti with someone maybe a little more contemporary. Um, like I I would recast him with someone like. Uh, like I think we had mentioned it earlier kind of as a joke or maybe it was in, in uh, yeah, it was earlier in this uh, Jason Sudeikis. Actually, I think uh, Steve Carell could do it really well. Could be Truman. Is that just because of Bruce almighty Evan almighty? No. Oh, I, I thought you were making a joke about no, no, that. No, no. <laughs> saying, like, I think he's someone who in the same vein has done like extreme comedy and try to do some serious work. And I think he could pull it off, and I think he's a better actor. Like a, I, I guess like a younger man, Steve Carell, not now Steve Carell. I think no, that. not grayed out Steve Carell. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally see what you mean, though. And and I really thought you were joking. That's why I said because <laughs> of their their connection with that movie. But uh, no, I, I, I completely agree with you. And even like between Evan Almighty and Bruce Almighty, I like Bruce Almighty a thousand times more than I Evan think Bruce almighty. almighty was a way better movie than Evan Almighty. Oh no, I'm saying the opposite. I think Evan Almighty was better. Oh, oh no, you said you liked Bruce more. I, oh, I'm sorry. I've I meant only to say seen Evan Almighty. I have never I, seen Bruce Almighty. No, it's not worth it. Uh, it's not worth I know it. A lot of people talk about it. It's not, it's not a movie you absolutely should have seen. I think Steve Crow could have done it, but I mean, honestly, I don't know if this is a hot take. I don't think that he would have been as likable. Like, I don't think that, like people watching the show, I don't think would have bought into it the way they bought into like a Jim Carrey. I don't think Jim Carrey is all that likable. I thought he was like the exact like likable kind of goofy guy for this. And I'm not saying Steve Carell isn't that. I just think he was more that. I, I think Jim Carrey was perfect. And yeah. I also think that Steve Carell would have done a really good job. I think that they both could have done and I, I feel like the roles wouldn't have been all that much different to be honest from Jim to Steve like I said earlier I think Robin Williams could have done well but I also think that that would have been a very different character but mm -hmm. I think that this a, a Steve Carl Truman would have felt very reminiscent of a Jim Carrey Truman and I I think that I would have liked it just as much all right well let's uh let's go ahead and spin up those servers uh, spin them up Jake what year is this coming to us from 98 yeah so we got a little bit faster now yeah, I'm actually. I have a a, a big desktop. Are you uh, using floppies? And I'm. I'm. Oh yeah. I, I what I do. I have a floppy disk, and I'm spinning it on my finger. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm actually gonna kick this one off, and uh, I'm gonna give this movie a seven point seven. Jake, what do you, what do you think? I'm gonna give it an eight. Uh, Zach, I'll give it an eight point five. And Scott, I'm gonna give it a seven point five. All right. Well, just as a reminder, the other guys gave this an uncharacteristically high for a comedy, 95%, although maybe it's not a comedy. Yeah, I was going to say, is that the actual genre? I don't know. Uh, IMDb gave it an 8.1, and on RP, this is an 80%. 
solid. Yeah, I, I think this makes a lot of sense. It puts it right in the middle spot for us. Um, I was nervous with my seven because I like like halfway through. I was like, all right, this is going to be a 7.5 for me. Um, and then you guys were like talking up how much you love. And I'm like, they're going to be in like the high eights or the nines or something. And I'm going to have once again a super <laughs> low rated. No, but you guys came down. and I was like, oh, OK. I was a little surprised by Tyler's 7.7. Yeah, I really? Thought- yeah, uh, but I, just like you, Scott, we hit exactly what I said this week. So, oh yeah, no, we didn't. It was an eighty percent. Oh no, you I did said eighty, eight. and yeah. last week you did eighty-four or whatever. Oh yeah, eighty-four. That's right. Yeah, so I mean, I I fully I, I I I stand by this. I think it makes a lot of sense to me. Just as like a little bit of like context for where some other things hit, we had Harry met Sally at a seventy-nine uh, percent. Uh, and the notebook at an 82. And I feel like I agree. I think this, it's right kind of in between those two movies. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. I, what helped me do mine too, was I looked at all my ratings in order and I was like, okay, where does this fit? And it was right there. I should start doing that. Yeah. It's helpful for sure. You should start doing that. Now that we have a big enough base, of course we all have a, maybe a couple outliers. Like there will be blood for me or, uh, uh, <laughs> Social network. Social network for me, but I can base it off of other <laughs> other movies. Also for me. <laughs> or the, uh, that the good, I've the bad, done. and the ugly. It should be a little bit lower. Right. <laughs> it's just every week now. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, Scott, it's your turn next week. What, yeah. uh, what movie are we going to be reviewing? So we're watching an IMDb Top 10. Ooh. So yes. Jay can no longer say that he's the only one who has done an IMDb Top 10. That's true. And we are doing the Godfather. Not only are we doing an IMDb top 10, we're doing an AFI top two. Mm-hmm. I think the Godfather is in the IMDb top 10 to twice. Like Godfather yeah, one, and one, two. And two. <laughs> one and two. One and two. Yeah. The Godfather is ranked number two. That's for IMDb as well. That's what I just said. Oh, I think it's for, oh, then maybe, I'm sorry, I misheard you. Uh, maybe Godfather 2 is not in AFI. It's not in AM, AFI's top. Okay. So I, yeah, that, uh, a little spoiler for next week. I had never seen it, but I really wanted to. So that's why I nominated it. But the Godfather sits at two on IMDb and on AFI. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that's correct. The only difference uh, between IMDb and AFI between those, you know, kind of top two seats is uh, IMDb puts Shawshank in the number one position and uh, AFI puts Paddington. Uh, Casablanca. <laughs> Paddington. <laughs> Actually, Paddington has above number one spot. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like uh, George Washington with uh, the general ranking. Yeah, it, he always goes up, so yeah, he's always better. Every list uh, is just assumed that Paddington is the top, and so they exclude it. <laughs> yeah. They're like, okay, yeah. every movie excluding Paddington because it's obviously the best. Got it. Yeah. I'm sorry, I misspoke. Casablanca on AFI is not number one. It's number three. Number one is Citizen Kane. Okay. Mm. So, all right. Well, uh, Jake, do you have any uh, final thoughts before we get out of here? Yeah, you know what. <laughs>